A few years ago, we grew and sold a business that forever changed our lives. At first, we really struggled trying to figure out which tools to use to help run and organize our community. But that all changed once we discovered Kajabi. Kajabi is the ultimate all-in-one platform that helps creators and entrepreneurs build successful online businesses by unlocking predictable recurring revenue. No matter your niche, Kajabi makes it easy to turn your skills, passions, and experiences into enriching online courses, exclusive membership sites, subscription podcasts, thriving communities, personalized coaching, and more. The best part, Kajabi doesn't take a cut of your revenue because everything is owned and controlled by you. So you keep 100% of what you earn. And with Kajabi, you also get robust analytics, easy payment options, email marketing tools, and customizable website templates all built in. You don't need a huge audience to make sustainable income. There are thousands of creators on Kajabi making six and seven figures with less than 50,000 followers. Right now, Kajabi is offering a free 30-day trial to start your business if you go to kajabi.com slash M-U. That's K-A-J-A-B-I dot com slash M-U. Go to kajabi.com slash M-U and join the creators and entrepreneurs who have made over $7 billion. More and more entrepreneurs and investors are discovering the awesome franchise opportunities that exist across a variety of industries. Franchising can simply be the better path and interest in franchising is at an all time high. Lucky for you, John Austinson, founder of Fran Bridge Consulting and a past Millionaire University guest is here to help you explore the premier franchise opportunities today. John and his Frambridge Consulting team are part of the largest franchise brokerage in the U.S. and have vetted the market thoroughly. Frambridge is hands down the premier source for the best opportunities in the franchise world, including both active and passive opportunities. From tiny homes to youth soccer to industrial hoses to pets, senior care to mental health, and more. John has served as an Inc. 500 franchisor and is a multi-brand franchisee himself. And he does more placements than anyone else in the country. Sign up for a free consultation call with John today or get a free copy of his book, Non-Food Franchising, at FranBridgeConsulting.com. That's FranBridgeConsulting.com. Available in the U.S. and Canada. I just kept thinking there needs to be a hybrid. There needs to be a school that teaches people how to make money, that gives them that guidance. All right, Tara, thoughts on Australia so far? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to the Millionaire University podcast. Tara is on it, as always. I'm on it? She's on it. She is. I guess we're just on doing things. She drove yesterday on the left side of the road for the first time. She did a great job. Justin only cried two times. So for those of you following our journey around the world, we are currently in, what city are we in? (laughs) You don't know? (laughs) We're basically driving along the east coast of Australia right now. So far, we've been in Cannes, went and saw the Great Barrier Reef. And then the last area we were in was Arley Beach. Arley Beach. And went and saw Whit Sundays and Whitehaven Beach, which was probably the most beautiful beach I've ever been to. Would Mm -hmm. you agree? Yeah, basically. Tara just laying there in the... Six inch 
water with uh, what kind of sand was that? Silica sand. Just laying there with her hair and face glistening <laughs> oh in the goodness. sun. It was pretty epic. We did it. It's six fifteen a.m. I'm trying to go on a run. We did a model shoot, and Justin's talking about a model shoot with the sand. Tara just got done meditating. What's your view like meditating, Tara? It's beautiful because in Australia there's a massive amount of coastline, and we're used to California where the coastline and the ocean is gorgeous, but it's pretty packed and there are a lot of people. But here there's so much coastline that it's everywhere so we're staying at this cute little house it's kind of quirky it's a little quirky our kitchen's like in our closet (laughs) it's just a one-night stopover so we just got something really easy but our windows are huge and the ocean is gorgeous and you can hear all these different birds and like cool parrots and birds that we aren't used to so i'm like oh there's a green parrot oh there's a cockatoo oh there's a rainbow something or another yeah i love australia it's peaceful it's clean it's beautiful There's a lot to do. There's a huge amount of area to explore, but it just feels good to be here. The people are really cool. They're just chill, but also their accents are amazing. So, you know, yeah, beautiful. I might not ever leave. Basically, everywhere we go, Justin says he's going to live there. So the kids are keeping track of how many times he says, I'm going to move here and live here. Yesterday, Brogan said it was 72, but I'm not really sure what the real number is. (laughs) Well, I liked Bali, but after coming here, I'm like, okay. (laughs) I keep saying it's like Hawaii and Southern California and Costa Rica had a baby. And Idaho, maybe. Yeah, they had like a really big baby and named Australia. (laughs) And it's a lot less busy. Yeah, than any other coastline place we've been. It's so chill. Brogan's loving the birds, seeing kangaroos as you drive by. Unfortunately, some of them not living, but yes, <laughs> a bit of hey, we're just trying to keep yeah. it real. Not everything in is perfect. Yeah. So it's been cool. I'll, I'll be honest with the five hour drive yesterday. I'm feeling better today. I'm like, okay, we can do this. But <laughs> Justin was a little ornery. I was yesterday. a little on wit's end. <laughs> you know, it's like what came first, the ornery or no one else never really makes you ornery, but. If you're not in the best spot and people keep egging that on, you're like. I thought the kids were pretty hilarious yesterday and pretty darn cute. And when they played in the car, I liked it. Tara always thinks the kids are cute. And I <laughs> sometimes. I don't always, but more generally speaking. <laughs> yeah, you don't always, but. I usually think they're pretty darn cute. I like to have fun. I want to be going on a nine month trip around the world if I didn't like that fun. But it's true. I was having a moment yesterday, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes I have three kids on this trip. Sometimes I have four. Sometimes Justin has four moms on this trip. (laughs) Sometimes I have uh, a little baby named Tara that I have to take care of. (laughs) All right. We're getting on to the show. I think I'm going to get on to the interview or someone who, like, really respects me. You should do that. I'd recommend that. (laughs) Someone who doesn't know me as well as you do. Exactly. You should get to that. I got four people just dogging on me this whole trip. This morning I was actually, you were meditating, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know exactly what you do when you meditate. But I know Tyson's always talking about like the fourth step that he does. To handle resentments. Yeah, with any resentments. And so I was like, okay, how do I fill off? And I'm like, oh, so it's cool. I was thinking about just like any little thing that comes to my mind. And I didn't really go through any process. I was just like, oh, is there a resentment there? Oh, let's let that go. (laughs) It felt good. I just got really deep, guys. More of life and peace for me is not necessarily how do I like force change. It's how do I let go of things I can't change. Be at peace with the ones that I can't change and also brave enough to change the things that I should let go of. Does that make sense? You're amazing. It's more about unraveling than it is like forcing things. You're amazing and sexy and I'm the luckiest man in the world. (laughs) Tara is the awesomest because, and it wasn't always like this, but for the past couple of years, it's like if we get in an argument or something... In my mind, I'm like, we got to reconcile this. We got to figure this out. And 
She'll slide down. She's like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm like, what? How do you do that? Is it real? Are you sure? It's really just usually a story in my head that I've concocted and I'm angry about and I'm holding on to. It's just me facing me. So that's liberating. Anyway, before this podcast turns into a whole nother podcast, we should probably introduce the podcast for today. A couple months ago, just before we left on our trip, a guy named Aaron Hell reached out to me and asked if I could be on his show. And we had a lot going on. And on this trip, we've had a lot going on. So we haven't really had the time or opportunity to be interviewed by very many people. But I'd heard the name before, and I did some research on him. I realized Aaron was actually blind and deaf. And I was like, wait, what? And after doing further research, he was someone who would go around for the military and deactivate bombs, essentially. Oh, my. Like, he would go ahead of people and go make sure that things are safe for people to go and enter this area and talk about bravery, right? And unfortunately, there was a pretty bad accident in one of these situations. They thought the bomb was deactivated, and there was another one that went off. As a result, Aaron ended up being completely blind and deaf. And for me, I don't know about you, but if if I was blind and deaf, I don't know what would happen. I would pretty much give up on that probably, right? Hopefully not, but... You wouldn't. Well, that's I, I feel like I would. But it would definitely be a massive trial. Yeah. Like, if you were deaf and didn't have to listen to me, I'll... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. I'd so, be the best meditator. <laughs> not very funny to joke about that. But after learning more about Aaron and his story, I was like, I've got to get to know this guy. So we figured out a time and a way a couple weeks ago where we could get together and make it happen. So that's what this episode is. It's actually him interviewing me for his podcast. And then at some point, we'll turn things around and we'll interview him on the Millionaire University podcast. We had some great conversations. As you guys know, I'm always talking about how I believe that anyone can start a business. And in this interview, Aaron just really got into my brain. We talked a little more about our origin story, our vision for Millionaire University. We talked about the perfect curriculum. We talked about kids and getting them motivated and excited about business and entrepreneurship. And overall, just had some great discussions. So without any further ado, let's get to it. Hope you enjoy this discussion as much as I did. Ladies and gentlemen, without any further ado, I give you Aaron Hell and myself. Let's do this. I'm real excited to hear about what inspired you to start Millionaire University. But I'm actually right now more intrigued about where you're calling from. We've been in Bali for two and a half weeks. We leave in about five days to go to Australia for a month. But yeah, six weeks ago, we sold our house and essentially everything that we own. And we took off for kind of like a trip around the world with our family. And we actually realized that it costs us like $10,000 less a month to travel than to keep our house that we had. (laughs) Plus, we were able to take a bunch of the equity out and invest it and stuff. Anyway, bottom line is this is something we wanted to do ever since our kids were little. And our oldest just turned 18 here in Bali, actually, a couple of weeks ago. And before he kind of moves on in his life, this is something that we wanted to do with the family. And we just went for it. We have like a nine-month itinerary of started in Hawaii. Now we're in Bali. We'll go to Australia, then New Zealand for a few weeks, French Polynesia, and then we'll spend a few months in Europe. Yeah, it sounds awful. (laughs) We keep reminding our kids and ourselves, this is not a vacation, quotation marks. It's a trip. We don't want to come back like 50 pounds heavier. Our kids have schoolwork each day that they're working on. The objective is to not just vacation, 
but to have a growth opportunity, an opportunity for our family to grow closer together. You see all the Instagram things like Bali itself, for example. If you look on Instagram, you'll see pure, beautiful amazingness. What you don't see is lots of cars and smoke and we're staying in smaller places than we live back at home. And sometimes it can be challenging. And we look at those opportunities as growth opportunities to work on ourselves. So it's been really cool. A lot of cultural opportunities, cultural experiences. But yeah, it's been really fun each evening to be in a different location. I feel like it helps change your perspective. Tara and I last night, we saw a movie theater. For the, We haven't seen one in Bali yet. And we saw, oh, there's a movie theater over there. And it was kind of cool. Like We had no idea even what movies are playing. As to where in the past, we're like, aren't there more movies out that we can go and be entertained? So anyway, it's just been a really cool experience to just sell everything, let it all go. A couple of years ago, we bought this house that was like a McMansion, basically like the dream home. And it was fun, but yeah, we don't need it. Let's sell it and let's hit the road and have some real experiences. I love travel. In fact, I haven't been to Australia in 30 years. I was 15 and I got to go up and down the East Coast. Toowoomba, Tamworth, Brisbane, Mooloolaba, Canberra, Melbourne, Sydney. It was incredible. You spent like an hour or more on this huge catamaran to go out to the Great Barrier Reef and you're standing waist deep on top of this giant reef. It was just an amazing experience. I definitely want to share that with my kids. How big is the family? There's five of us. We have three kids. That's amazing. How old did they know? Our oldest just turned 18 a couple of weeks ago here in Bali. And then we have a 15-year-old girl, 13-year-old boy. Where was home before I sold the house? San Diego. So we lived in San Diego for two years. Before that, we were in San Clemente for eight years. Rancho Santa Fe, San Diego. There's culture. There are similarities, differences. And that's great to experience and definitely for the kids to experience. I think it's incredible that you have designed this life to as you can just pack up and take the whole family, and spend a year abroad. Best education, or better than sitting hours on end in cinder block building at the government's you know, behest. Yes, 100%. In fact, one of your episodes was about a curriculum for entrepreneurship. Can you tell me a little bit about what your idea of a perfect curriculum is for adults, for kids? Yeah. So to give a little context, I had a full ride football scholarship to Brigham Young University and I hurt my shoulder with a semester left of school. I knew I wasn't going to be able to play football anymore. And once I knew that, I could not get myself to go to one more class. My whole life, I knew I wanted to start a business. I didn't know anyone who was a business owner. But ever since I was little, I always was wanting to earn money. A young 20 something old guy who just gotten married was ready to start a family, I wanted to go, learn how to go make money and to be able to provide for my family and have some of the things that I always dreamed about my whole life. So I dropped out of school. We started our first business and it went okay at first, but then our eyes got pretty big. We ended up with $120,000 of debt. We got a bunch of office space and a bunch of employees and just didn't have the sales team that we thought we were going to recruit to back that up. So Tara and I moved to Bakersfield, California, and we just worked our butt off every day. I'd go in the heat every day and sell for 12 hours a day to pay off this debt. And then six months, we got it all paid off. And then we got into real estate investing. And once again, it was a lot longer, a lot harder getting that going than I thought it would. But after eight months, we finally did a deal. And then we did a couple more and we had some ups and downs. And long story short, we eventually got some things figured out in the real estate world. And 
put some processes together. And I'm a big believer in what's called exponential growth. Business is not linear. It's not go to school, get a job, you get paid. Then maybe if you do, you're a good boy, you get a raise. If things don't work out, you get let go and you got to go find another job. Business, you put a lot of work and effort up front and what I call ROTI, return on time invested. And then there comes a point where through the compound effect or exponential growth, all these things come together where you now have a bigger knowledge, you have a bigger network, you have these connections, you have these systems and processes you put into place, assuming that that's the direction you're going. It doesn't just happen automatically. It's not an overnight thing, right? But it sometimes can look that way or feel that way. So we essentially went from one year making $40,000 in that year and struggling to pay our bills and just doing a few deals to the next year, we did 60 and made high six-figure income. And then the following year did over 100 and made a seven-figure income. And totally transformed our life. That was the result of the time that we invested, all the things that we had done up until then. And then things finally started to come together. And what was interesting is in order for us to do that high of volume, I actually had to get out of the way. We had to put together these systems and processes because I'm only one person. I can only do so much. We're working like five hours a week on this business. It's really hard to get there. But the truth is we created something that was outside of ourselves. A business is called an entity, like as humans, as people, we're our own entity. But we created this business, this thing, this machine that could essentially operate without us. Then after surfing for a while and hanging out at the beach, it didn't take long, about like a month or two. And I started to get kind of bored. I'm like, this is it. We thought we had like arrived And we're like, well, this kind of sucks. (laughs) It was was fun for a while, but then we didn't feel that fulfilled. So we then started a company teaching people how to flip houses. I actually didn't know what company I was going to start. I knew I wanted to do something with digital marketing. I didn't know a lot about digital marketing. I wasn't very techie. I mean, ultimately, I always wanted to teach general business, but I didn't know as much about general business as I did real estate. So I figured that was a better in. So started this podcast, called it House Flipping HQ. Once again, it took a while. It took like eight months in. We started a program and it was going okay. It was just so much work and effort. And this is like my third business. Surely this time it's going to be easier. But man, I just got knocked upside the head and it was brutal. And when you're in that moment, like you want to quit, you want to give up. I remember coming back from a 10-year anniversary, that's wild, to Costa Rica and telling Tara, I'm done. I'm going to throw in the towel. She's like, well, what are you going to do if you do throw in the towel? So I just kept pushing a little further. and. In the morning, Tara and I created a video. We sent out an email to our following and we had 13 people within one or two weeks join our $25,000 mastermind group and it totally turned things around. This is kind of what we were talking about before. That mastermind group was called Seven Figure Flipping. (laughs) Okay, That's what I named it because the entire goal was to create a business that would be like a million dollar business. And went to that first event and there was this guy there named Bill Allen. And everyone went around and shared their experience and Bill gets up and shares his experience. And I'm just like, I'm so stressed out. I'm like, oh no, we've made a huge mistake. Like this guy has done just a few deals. He's nowhere near where everyone else has been. Like to be in this group, you had to be pretty qualified. I didn't know how he fell through the cracks, how he got in. And I was kind of embarrassed. And I thought I was going to have to like talk to everyone and get him out of the group. But by the end, I could tell him, like, okay, this guy's pretty smart. He seems to fit in okay. I don't think there's going to be a riot of everyone being mad at me. So I said, let's see what happens. And by the next event, everyone was listening to Bill. (laughs) Bill would share something and everyone was doing it. I said in my mind, I said, I don't know what. I said, but I'm going to do something with this guy someday. And sure enough, long story short, he eventually became one of our coaches. He became my COO. And then I was talking about making him the CEO. 
And one day we just got talking. And by this time, we had brought on several coaches. So we'd created this system, this business, once again, that didn't really need me. As hard as that was to say at that time, it operated without me. And I was just talking to Bill and I forget how it got brought up, but it was almost like a joke at first. And I was like, would you want to buy it? And he's like, would you want to sell it? And so we got this dialogue going and yeah, he eventually bought the company, renamed the entire company Seven Figure Flipping. But yeah, if you go back and listen to the podcast, Seven Figure Flipping, the beginning, I me going. Just so happens, I'm familiar with Bill. I actually saw his testimonial on Millionaire University website and... Bill Allen may be kind of an innocuous name, but it jumped out at me because I have been a seven-figure flipping student myself and been in the mastermind as well. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. I did not know that. Even when you mentioned that you knew Bill, I didn't know that you were in that. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Small world. You guys strike a deal? Over four and a half years ago, we sold to Bill. And a few things I want to point out. Number one, he's like, well, I don't have all the money to buy it from you. But once again, getting creative, we made something that worked out. I didn't necessarily want all the money up front anyway, because I didn't want to have to pay taxes on all that money. And then I would go invest that money and it would have been a half of the principal that I would be investing because I'd have to pay the government first. He paid a chunk up front and then we did a seller financing type thing. So we were able to get paid interest on a higher percent. So we literally just off of that deal, and we had other investments and other things going on and money that we made from other stuff, but it, we didn't have to work anymore. Covered our expenses and then some. Cool how that all went down. And to me, I'm super proud of what he's done with it. I think I was meant to start that company, but he was meant to run that company. And I think he's done a phenomenal job. Great guy. He's got the engineer mind with this Terminator tenacity and energy. And he's done quite a bit with seven-figure flipping, with the wholesaling flipping business, Flagjack, and he's got the multifamily side. He's done quite a bit for himself in the last few years. Yep, we've invested in the multifamily. I was just telling you, we sent him a big chunk of money yesterday, and yeah, it's been great. I do want to find out what happens next. I mean, you built this business, you built it to the point where you were able to sell it. Then, of course, you sell a business and it's time to dip your toes in the sand and retire. Yeah. So we're on to like our second retirement by now. <laughs> and this time I was like, I really am retired. It was a great run, but we don't need to make money anymore. We have more than we need for the rest of our life through passive investments. We did it, right? <laughs> we did it. Once again, the dream. Because before it was like we retired, but we still had the business. And now there was no responsibility. There was just collecting a paycheck. We made a bunch of money from that. We had other investments that had done well. And life was good. We had arrived. And that was great for a few months. And then I started playing a lot of pickleball, got involved in a lot of church and community. Like, sir, I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to serve and have fun, but give back to people. And what was so strange is through all of this stuff that I thought was the dream, like making the money, but then also serving, right? So you think that's good. I actually ended up doing a lot of things that I didn't enjoy doing. Shopify has already taken the cash register online, helping millions sell billions around the world. But did you know that Shopify can do the same thing at your retail store? Give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store from accepting payments 
to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash mu, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash mu to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash mu. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I was knocking doors for the PTA to raise money for the fundraiser and doing all these things that in the past I would have hired someone else to do. It just wasn't my genius zone. PTA fundraisers? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because I was like, oh, I have the time. I'm going to help. I'm going to serve. So now I'm operating in a capacity which isn't a bad thing. I think doing this for a few hours a week, I think is a great thing. But I just don't feel like it's my genius zone. There are certain things that I just do not like to do. And the cool thing about owning your own business is you can hire those things out that you don't like to do, and you can focus on the things that you love, that you're passionate about. I love helping people grow their businesses. I love helping change lives through that way. I was probably making the PTA like $10 a month. That was kind of like when I realized I can't just keep doing this kind of stuff anymore. So once again, just kind of wasn't feeling super fulfilled. It was kind of weird, depressing thing in a way. So I was like, no, because I didn't want to start another business been a lot of work. There's a lot of ups and downs. There's a lot of times where I felt like I disappointed Tara and I was just like, we've done it. I'm not messing this up. <laughs> I'm just going to sell off into the sunset and live a great life, but you just can't kind of get out of it. So started another company called Five Oak, which is a review automation software company with a couple guys. But I was more of just the investor. I was the money guy. And I got a little bit involved in that. But then after a while, I was like, okay, you guys go ahead and run this. Because it wasn't like totally my passion to focus on that. I just love teaching people. So took a little more time off after t- doing, getting it out for a little bit. And for years, I had complained about the college education system and how it's broken and, and it just doesn't make sense to me. And why don't you learn how to make money? Why isn't there more application? Like to me, you should apply things as you learn, not just go and get a teacher that you may or may not like, take a class that you may or may not like, but you got to get that letter. You got to get that grade. You got to get that diploma. So you just keep doing, you keep going through the motions, even if it's busy work, even if it's something that you're not interested, you just got to do it. I was like, no, there should be a better way. Like best way to learn is by taking action. There's so many people that are graduating and they end up with a bunch of debt and they don't like their job. They don't like what they do. So for us, it was just go start a business. But as our kids are getting older and ready for that next chapter in their life, it's a lot easier said, like, go start your own business than done sometimes. And I see them and I'm like, I want them to have that guidance. I want them to have that direction. So we're at this dilemma of do we encourage them to go to college or kind of just throw them out to the wolves, if you will. I just go for it. Good luck. I just kept thinking there needs to be a hybrid. There needs to be a school that teaches people how to make money, that gives them that guidance. And I was looking around and found some things, but just wasn't finding 
what I felt like should be out there. And lo and behold, one day as I was complaining about how somebody should do this or someone should fix it, just that voice was like, why don't you do something about it? And I tried to fight it, try to put it off. Like I mentioned, when I started House Flipping HQ, now Seven Figure Flipping, this is actually what I wanted to do back then. We just weren't ready. We already had the domain Millionaire University. The thing that we want Millionaire University to be felt way too overwhelming. But we thought, you know what? Start somewhere. Let's start somewhere and we'll build it over time. We're not in a spot where we need to do the hustle and grind thing. We don't need to put in 60, 80 hours a week. But let's just start somewhere and start this movement, start this momentum, get other people involved. And then over time, we'll create this thing that we want it to be. So yeah, in February of this year, we started the Millionaire University podcast. We actually started trying to do tons of stuff on Twitter and our blog and just trying to do way too much. And then within like a month, we're like, oh, we're all burnt out. I'm like, wait, we don't have to do this. Why are we doing this? So we scaled it back and we said, let's just focus really on the podcast, make that great, do some things on social media, but make sure that we're not putting so much work into this thing that will allow others to have the freedom and then take away the own freedom that we've created for ourselves. So we started to strike that balance that we're always looking for as people in life and as business owners. Now we're to the point where we're building out a team. So we're starting to build out more of the written content and starting to see it unfold. I want to ask you about the kids you were talking about, you know, as they start coming out of age and start thinking about their own careers. They've expressed their interest in a certain occupation. Are you talking to them about entrepreneurship? Are they like, come on, dad, again with the entrepreneurship stuff? What do they think about mom and dad's career choices and what they're doing now? So it's kind of both, if I'm being incredibly honest. That was a huge inspiration for starting Millionaire University because I feel like I kind of ruined my kids as far as they have no desire to go to college. <laughs> no <laughs> desire. Now I'm to the point where I'm like, oh, shoot, like I've kind of put all my chips in this thing of like, you should start your own business. But it's hard sometimes if I'm being honest to get them to like do their chores. Or our kids sometimes work with us. And it's hard to keep them on task. And I'm like, oh, how are they going to start their own business? And that's why Millionaire University, the whole concept is where you take those same four years that society has kind of put out there for young adults to say, this is your opportunity, take this time, educate yourself, do something, and then go start your career. Well, what if you were able to kind of go after your dreams early on, and learn a lot of things that will help assist you in that, then you kind of have like a few years to kind of fumble around, if you will, and then succeed. Because what I found is, if I were to take any number of people that let's say I took the same people that qualified for a certain university, but I were able to take like a chunk of those and work with them for four years. Guaranteed with maybe a 99% accuracy that in the long term, those people that I worked with would be much more financially successful, more self-developed, that have a lot more opportunities, that have more fulfillment from life, that be able to give back more. But the problem is we don't really have a whole lot of that in our society. The kind of expectation is you go to college or you're a loser. They don't say it out loud, but that's what most people think. It's like you go to college, you graduate, or you're a loser. And a lot of people think I'm anti-education, but it's actually the opposite. I'm actually pro-education to the point to where I'm willing and wanting to try to help evolve it and change it as much as I can. I'll be stoked if tomorrow colleges change the way they do things. I think that'd be awesome. And I think there is this movement going on where people are seeing that. They're seeing that there needs to be change. As far as what my kids think of it, they're pretty much ruined with college. They don't want to go to college, but I see them like they're not ready to start a business tomorrow. So... It's give and take. I think they see what we've done and they love it and they think it's awesome. But there's also a lot of realizations that are that are happening in their mind. They do give me a hard time sometimes. I love talking about this stuff. 
And I'm trying to learn. There's something that I'm working with Tara because she's a lot better at the kids. I'm great at the kids as far as I like to have fun and teach them a lot and do a lot of some a lot of things. But sometimes I need to back off just a little bit and just recognize their kids and let them be kids. We went to this this island off of Bali last week. And the first thing I'm doing is I'm looking at like real estate prices and I'm seeing all these opportunities and my kids are crying like, oh, dad, can't we just like <laughs> not worry about that right now? So yeah, I get a lot of that as well. Our oldest son, he took a test to skip his senior year of high school and get similar to like a diploma. And he's working with us during this time that we're here. So that's been huge. I can't just like say, okay, good luck, go out there. And he's going to go start this insane successful business. I'm pretty gung-ho, like wired that way. And a lot of people think, oh, people are born entrepreneurs or they're not. I don't believe that. I believe we just have to start teaching our kids at a younger age, but also putting them and giving them those opportunities. I don't believe that you just say good luck and they go play video games and that's better than college. You're better off going to college if that's the route you're going to take. But I see my son going back and forth. For example, we recently brought on a content writer to help us create content for the Millionaire University blog. And she's created some amazing articles for us. You can go check them out if you want. Some of the most recent ones we've done, she's helped us create. And we did a podcast on this where we talked about it. And I just told him one day, him along with my brother-in-law, who works for, with us as well, I said, okay, hey, you guys are going to go hire a content writer. And they're like, their jaws just dropped. They're like, what? I'm like, hey, first you have to learn about SEO and about hiring a content writer. So I gave them two days to learn. One day to learn about SEO and one day to learn about hiring a content writer. And then the next day was action, right? So versus going to school for four to eight years, they had two days to learn how to do this. And they were freaking out. They got it figured out. They placed an ad. And then they got all these resumes. So it's like, oh, now now what do we have to do? Now we have all these people applying that over 100 people that they went through. And at first, my son's like, I can't tell who's good or not. And he's like, what should I do? I'm like, figure it out. And he figured it out. I gave him a little bit of guidance, but overall, he had to figure it out. And they narrowed it down to the top ones. Then they got on calls with them. They did interviews. Yeah, they ended up hiring a content writer, right? So he's been put in this spot where he's been learning these things and it's been huge for him. And I have no doubt that after doing this for a while, it'll just be second nature to him. And he can use these skills that have built on each other to essentially do whatever he wants in life. That is funny about learning to do something or getting something accomplished in two days. You know, I set these ridiculous goals and set improbable due dates, completion dates, and see how creative, imaginative, and I think it was Tim Ferriss was talking about, he crams for everything. It's like the suitcase effect. The bigger the bag you have, the more you just bring with you. It's not the more room you have. Same with the timeline. Yeah, it's just funny. So, okay, I need to do this in two days. That's impossible. No, it's improbable. <laughs> uh, yeah, Parkinson's law. I don't remember the law exactly, but it'll go down to the amount of time that you give to it or procrastinate on purpose. I'm a big procrastinate on purpose guy. That doesn't mean that I avoid doing the most important things that I should be doing today. That means I'm doing the most important things I should be doing. I'm putting off not doing the not quite as important things today to tomorrow so I can do the most important things today. It's not avoiding the hard things, but yeah, procrastinating on purpose. I'll look at my schedule and I'll see the different things I have going on. And I'm like, hey, this thing right here that is important, I'm only going to give myself these few hours on this day, the day before it has to be done. Because your brain goes into a different gear. You're not on 
Instagram or Facebook or social media or reading articles. You can't do too much of that. I've been guilty of that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The reason I asked about the kids was that I've got a twin. He'll be 13 in two months now. And for the longest time, I was just trying to keep planting that seed, nurturing the entrepreneurial spirit. And he just wants to be a pro lacrosse or soccer player, maybe a rock star. He's still learning the guitar. So I'm Okay, how can I turn this into a business? I've all these ideas I hear from other entrepreneur parents creating the business reading list for kids and teens. And I'll give you 50 bucks for a one page summary, a book report on the books I want you to read. Not a single one. No interest. You'll like this. The not too long ago, just a few days ago, he comes back from doing doing his chores. He goes, Dad, I was pulling up the trash cans and they smelled so bad, I felt sick. I said, Sit down, son. What do you think the neighbors would pay for you to scrub their trash cans out? Maybe ten bucks, fifteen bucks. It's like I don't know, fifty bucks sounds pretty reasonable. How many cans on average does each house have? Two or three? Okay, so that's thirty, forty bucks per house. And you know what? I got this idea from one of your episodes. Oh, awesome! Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say we talked about that on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. yeah, got the idea right from you. Of course, I probably wasn't as convincing. He's like, that doesn't sound like a great idea at all. <laughs> How many can you do in an hour? And how many hours in a day could you work? We did the math, and it was tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. Now, especially when you start recruiting his buddies at an hourly wage, he's like, wow, that's like $275,000 a year. When you're a junior in high school, what color Lamborghini do you want to pull up to school in? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> and then, of course, our trash cans still stink. Yeah. <laughs> this is what I found with kids, with us as well, is it's like two steps forward, one step back. But I think as you continue to plant those seeds and then also give them space to be kids, over time, I see it happening in my 18-year-old, this thing, light bulb starting to come on where he's like, oh, I'm going to have to figure this out at some point because I'm going to be doing my own thing. And I think that they'll have all those things in their mind and they'll grasp onto it. And if they don't, that's cool too. Because there's nothing worse than being in a spot where you're now that person trying to force your kids to do something that they don't want to do and they feel like they're a disappointment. No one wants to be that. You were talking about the perfect curriculum. It's kind of like the first question you asked me and what you wanted to talk about. But the reason why I came up with this curriculum was because while we can't start this quote-unquote university, like physical college, physical school tomorrow, I just sat down one day and I said, if I could start this school tomorrow, what would it look like? And I wanted to do that for a couple of reasons. Number one, to kind of give everyone the vision of possibility of what could be or how they could adapt this to their own life. But two, you got to have a vision so you can start to head in that direction. I essentially came up with this curriculum that would be, it's eight classes. And the idea is you take four classes per day, and then you rotate schedules every other day. So Monday and Wednesday, you're taking the same classes, and Tuesday and Thursday, you're taking the same classes, and then you get like Friday off. But yeah, the classes I came up with were 
class one would be like a book club and a content listening and sharing class. Because while I believe, I'm a big believer in what's called just-in-time learning, where you decide what business you want to do, you decide the thing you want to do, and then you start taking action. And then you learn as you take that action and you learn the next thing that you have to learn. I do believe that there is a percentage of learning that we should do that comes from outside of that, because that's where you get a bunch of different ideas from. That was one class. And then the idea is like each month, there's a book that everybody's reading and talking about. And then people can bring and talk about the different podcasts or content that they've listened to. Then class two would be business fundamentals, which is basically business development, how to pick a business. And then in that class, I would have everyone come up with the business that they want to do. And then this entire curriculum, this entire school, if you will, is geared towards all the things that we're learning is geared towards helping them with that business, helping them grow that business. So every class they take, every assignment they do is an actual assignment that's going to help you with your business. It's not write this paper from AI that no one's going to read and you don't really care about. You're just trying to get a grade. The market will tell you if you succeeded or not in that assignment. Along with that class, it would be all about developing systems, processes, learning about KPIs, scaling, hiring, training, email. I just realized with with my son and my brother-in-law, people who don't use email on a regular basis, like don't know how to use email. Most kids coming out of high school don't really know how to use email. They don't know how to carbon copy someone in. They don't know like all these basic things that those of us who have been using email for years know. So that would be one of the things to make sure they understood. Calendaring. So many people don't use a calendar or a system to get things done and to keep track of things. That's something over the years that we've used and has been huge and realized a lot of people don't use it. And that's why things fall through the cracks. Productivity and things like that. Class number three would be all about digital marketing, SEO, PPC, Facebook marketing, YouTube ads, social media, website creation, things like that. Class four would be all about video and audio creation, recording, editing, YouTube, and shorts. That kind of goes along with the digital marketing, but it's just a more specified thing. Digital marketing would be we spend a lot of time in, obviously. And then class four would be all about mindset, perspective. I believe this is truly where people sink or swim, where they succeed or fail, is it's all in the mind. I mean, if we can control our mind and not let it get the best of us, we can really do anything in life. Class six would be all about the boring stuff, but important stuff, accounting, financing, balance sheet, taxes, how to save money, understanding payroll. And basically what I do love is the whole just understanding ROIs and returns and percentages. I'm not the best at math, but I know basic addition and multiplication. And I understand that if you do one thing one time, if you can figure out how to do that 10 times, you can make 10 times the money, right? So helping them understand returns, annualized returns, all that stuff that I learned through real estate investing and other kinds of investing has helped me in an insane way in identifying countless business opportunities throughout my life, I guess. Number seven would be all about just learning about different business opportunities agency or learning a digital skill and how you can turn that into business opportunities, SaaS or software opportunities, e-commerce opportunities, coaching and education opportunities, all kinds of service businesses, things like the trash can thing that you're talking about, car detailing. I think most people think you have to have this big change the world idea. And all the time people are like, what do you think about this idea? And it's like some thing that I'm like, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But number one, usually they don't do anything with it. And number two, a lot of times it's super high risk. My thought is why not look at what other people are doing, match that with what you're good at and what you love. Go do that thing that's super low to no risk. Go start making money with it. Then you can start hiring people out as you're making money, right? Bootstrap it. And then people just have this notion that 
business is risky, you're going to lose a ton of money. Like it does not have to be. And then once you're in the spot where you've made a decent amount of money, then you can like our situation, like we haven't made a dime on Millionaire University. We spend $50,000 a month to grow out a platform that we have been making very little money on, but that's with intention because we're trying to build something and we're now, we have money that we're now able to invest, which we've invested a lot of money into other companies. We're like, why not invest this into our own company? But you don't have to do that at the beginning. I was selling satellite dish. It wasn't rocket science. And then we went out and did real estate investing. We did it in a way that wasn't risky to us. We didn't use our own money at the beginning. So you don't have to risk a lot of money. Okay, I got a little sidetracked there. And then class A would basically be a twice a week mastermind meeting where we would have guest speakers come and speak but then would also have people get up and go around the room and everyone shares what they're doing, what's working well, what's not going well. And we would have other business owners in there. We'd have millionaire mentors, as I like to call them. And we'd just be coaching these guys and helping them work through the problems. And everyone comes together with their collective resources and helps each other grow. And we're focusing on their specific business. And the cool thing is, if you start a business and in a few months you realize that's not your thing, that's fine. It's not like when you go to college for four to eight years, you've spent $100,000 on your education and you've decided, I don't want to be an attorney. Well, that's fine, but now you have a ton of debt. You got to start over, if you will. And it's like, no, if in a few weeks you realize this isn't your thing, you still take all the skills, the marketing skills, all the things that you've learned, and you apply it to something that you're more passionate about or interested in. That's kind of concept of the curriculum. You were saying about you don't have to have the next mind-blowing innovation. It's about filling a gap, solving somebody's pain point. I know a guy actually locally here that's just making a killing going around cleaning grills, outdoor grills. Oh my gosh. He's cleaning it up. I love it. You find a need and then you build a business around that. What's interesting about that is as you do that, then that's when a lot of times the crazy innovation does come because this guy's out cleaning grills And then he learns a lot about grills and then he realizes, oh, I think we need a new cleaning tool. I'm just shooting from the hip. We need a new thing. So then he starts an e-commerce company selling that. Like he's like, oh, there could be a new kind of grill and he creates a new grill. But now he he's made some money. He can get some funding. He has knowledge about that thing. I see so many people that have no knowledge about something and they'll have this random idea. Number one, like they're probably not going to take action on it because most people don't. But number two, it's you don't have to do that. You don't have to start that way. Who's looking for millionaire university? Who's your avatar? Who are the people that are seeking you out? Or maybe people who don't quite know that they need you yet. So I'm going to say something that's kind of controversial here. I would not be a very smart person to say that no one should ever focus on an avatar or a target audience. If you're creating a product about grills, you want to find people who are interested in grilling. For me, what I've found is from day one, I try to have people tell me, sit down and have me write like a huge business plan and come up with my perfect ideal audience and my avatar. And I was like, I'm just going to go knock doors and see who wants satellite dish. I'm more of an action, go make it happen type guy. Yeah, I remember someone sat me down and they wanted me to tell them exactly what my ideal client for my satellite dish business company was. It's like, I don't know, but I think they're behind those doors. Go, ready, go, you know? <laughs> and it's kind of similar with real estate. I'm like, I don't know. I just put the house up for sale and whoever buys it, buys it. So with my house flipping education business, it's the same thing. People like coaches and people are like, who's your ideal client? Who's your avatar? What do they look like? What's their name? How old are they? I don't know. I'm going to start a podcast and see who listens. I'm just going to talk about what I'm passionate about, what I'm excited about. For me and my personality, I found that I need to be doing something that excites me. And if I get too focused in on 
exactly like the person, gear it towards them and not something that I'm excited about, I'll fizzle out. For me with Millionaire University, what I found is our avatars are, this sounds pretty broad and most marketers would say this is wrong, you shouldn't do this, but my avatar is my 18-year-old son who needs to figure some stuff out and like what he wants to do next. It's my 44-year-old brother-in-law who a year ago was in jail and struggling with drugs and alcohol and is now turning his life around. It's my attorney who recently helped us with some things we were dealing with. And now I'm helping him automate his business. So I just see all these different avatars. And it's the kid that I talked to a couple of weeks ago while here in Bali, who's 22 years old and is about to have a baby, is struggling and trying to get some things figured out. So to me, I would say ultimately, if I could snap my fingers, like our avatar would be that 18 to 22 college age person who is early on in their life and wants to change things. I think the best time is to start while you're young. Best time to plant a tree was 100 years ago. The next best time is today. So I like to think, especially as our world evolves, that I don't need to have the avatar as Johnny, who's 30 years old and all nationalities, all genders, all. We feel like we can help anyone who has an interest to change their life and make money and grow. Part of that is too, like with podcasting, it's like whoever hears the message that they connect with, they're our demographic. Then you got Facebook and you have these different, like Google search, we put out a message, people find it. Facebook goes and finds the people you're looking for, right? That fit, fit your, your target market. So I have come to find that, yes, it's important to have maybe who you're not marketing to, who you're not talking to, who some of your general avatars are. I've just never done the thing or gotten to the thing where I'm speaking to just this one specific person. Because to me, it's constantly changing. The way I see Millionaire University is we start out with foundational things, and then we get more into the the advanced. And it speaks to different people at depending on what stage they're at and whatnot. I know that was a long-winded way of asking who we're trying to talk to and connect with. And I think a lot of businesses do need that. I just haven't found that that or haven't had that as a huge focus, if that makes sense. But I'd love to hear your thoughts on it or what I'm missing here, because I've had a lot of people I've talked to, they want to start with what is my target person? And I'm like, I don't know, but this is how we're doing things. And it's gone well so far. (laughs) I know that my show attracts a variety of people. Everybody wants to make an impact. All I do is I talk to my former self. I want to break through that hard noggin a little bit earlier and hopefully get younger me on a better course. What is your favorite part about Millionaire University? You get to work alongside your wife, get the freedom with your children, you're making an impact, the money freedom, time freedom, all of that. What is the best part to you? What's most fulfilling or makes you happiest? I think I could drop the mic right now with everything you just said. I mean, (laughs) all of those things you said, you nailed it. I think from a young age, I've just been a big believer in you can do whatever you want in life. And by doing whatever you want, I'm not saying that you do it when you want, how you want. And you're not going to have like if someone's goal is to have a jumbo jet, but they haven't put in any work and they want that tomorrow and they only want to work to it. Like things have to align. But from a young age, I've just believed that in my life, I want to travel the world and I want to give back to other people. I can do those things. If I want to work when I want to work and not work when I don't want to work, I can do that. It hasn't always been easy. It's been a lot harder than I thought, but it's pretty cool looking back and 
now being in a place where where you can do those things. The coolest thing about making a lot of money is realizing that it's not just about making money. But once you get to that spot, then it's a great opportunity to say, okay, what else do I have to improve? What else do I have to, to develop? I believe we're all on an inner and an outer journey. But I do think it's working on a lot of those outer things, having a goal of trying to create a successful business. You really got to look internally. You got to look at yourself. And it, it kind of changes the person that that you are and who you become. But a more practical response to what you're saying is, if we were to go to a family reunion, you would find me in the corner talking to anyone and everyone who will listen about starting a business, making money, changing their life. Like if they think, oh, I'm struggling. I am to a possible detriment. (laughs) I am a fixer. I like to solve problems. It's hard. Sometimes I got to put myself in check in a marriage and with my kids to have a balance with that. When you're speaking to people who want that and are interested in that and will pay you to do that, I am just so pulled towards that. I love it. There's nothing I love more. But just talking about business and ideas and breaking down what traditionally people think and kind of reshifting that, helping people have epiphany shifts of what's possible. I love that stuff. I could do it all day long. It's the balance of that. And then I like to play hard. And I think that's part of the reason why we're taking this journey of traveling because every day we have something else really cool. We can work till two or three o'clock. And then we have an adventure that we can go on and a new place to explore, a new group of people to get to know, a new culture. It's been a blast. I think it's so funny too, because I think one of the podcast episodes was help I'm married to an entrepreneur. My wife and I started these businesses together, but you're so right. Give me two minutes and we will be talking about real estate very quickly. I'll go on a run, buddy, the partner runs right beside me. And the conversation will go like, hey, welcome back from deployment. How did it go? Oh, by the way, did I tell you about my latest project? Let me tell you about it. I totally know about that, that ability to steer the conversation towards your most favorite thing. I did want to ask you this before. It's a bit of a dichotomy. Don't want to focus. You don't want to do it for the love of money, but you're also very focused on numbers. I was really impressed when you were talking about monetization of your your podcast and just running numbers. So I think it's important for any entrepreneur, not just a podcaster, but everybody to pay attention to the numbers and be able to forecast. Not because the money is most important, because you need to know the numbers if you don't know your business. It was really impressive to me because you do talk a lot of numbers. Is that something that comes naturally to you or is this something you had to had to learn? I love numbers. Once I hit algebra in like middle school and high school, I started to struggle with math, but I was always okay with addition and multiplication. I would get animals when I was younger and raise them, lovebirds and different animals, because I'm like, oh, they multiply. I pay this and then they have babies and I can sell them for more. Really love numbers. But I think it got accentuated as I invested in real estate and did more and more. Don't get me wrong. If you do not focus on making money in a business, you will not make money. You will struggle. And I love making money because making money, it gives you freedom. It allows you opportunity. I mean, just the very specific stories that I could share just within the last few days, weeks or months of people's lives that have been affected in a positive way due to the money that we've made or has been made through the Millionaire University organization or through us making money in the past that now allows people to help us grow and go forward. 
And I can share stories literally of the guy yesterday who lives on the island that we just came from, but he's now living here more on the, the mainland. He goes and sees his family once a week. And we were literally able to give him like an extra $10 for bringing us the driver to bring us to our place and just to see his him light up and help him in that little way, right? So small, so small to the content writer that we recently brought on. And she's so excited that she can now, quote unquote, spoil her kids, as she says. And this is a side hustle for her. It's just so cool to see all the impact of the lives that have been changed through the different companies that I don't even like to say that we started because it wouldn't be possible without these people. But because of us having this vision and taking action on that to see the lives of all the people that have been changed. But if your company or organization or you don't make any money, you can't do that. That stuff can't happen. And he, once again, with us traveling, a lot of people are like, oh, you're so lucky you get to travel the world. And But to see the amount of money that is exchanges hands in that, the airlines, the hotels, the people that provide jobs for their family and their life is then improved because you decided to be a part of this machine of making money. I think it's amazing. I think the only trap that sometimes happens is people talk about your, your why and people say, oh, I'm doing this for my family. But then they'll read like 100 business books, they'll work 15 hours a day, and they're making plenty of money. But then instead of, okay, now let's dial it back a little, let's do eight hours a day, you know, let's, let's spend that time with the family, let's make sure when we're at dinner, because I've been guilty of this, that's why I can speak to it. When I'm at dinner, that I'm listening to my wife, and I'm not thinking about my next business venture, and how much more money I can make, even though we're fine. There's a time when you got to do what you got to do. The guy is not with his family right now because he's taking care of his family just to make ends meet. But once you've made ends meet, once you're making a decent living, and I have no problem with still working hard and doing what you want and love to do. But if you're still totally checked out, that to me is where money is an issue because you're now worshiping money that you don't really need. And you're missing out on why you initially set out to make that money in the first place. That's hard to get to. It's like everyone talks about the bodybuilder at the gym or like, I don't want to work out too hard because I want to get too big. And I'm like, well, start working out. That's not going to be a problem. Like, <laughs> Likely, the likelihood of you getting to that problem is pretty far out. So work hard, get your button gear. There's a lot of from rather like religious backgrounds, like different things. I mean, people have misperceptions of money is the root of all evil. And so we have a lot of this ingrained in us that money is like, quote unquote, bad. Money is not bad. Money is a good thing. It's a great resource. It's needed. It's the way we exchange value. It is just that, a resource. And you're right about that. Money is not evil. It's just money. The love of money might be the wrong way to look at it. It's the love of what it can do for you and for others. And it's a symbol, it's a reward for adding value into the system, but it's really just a resource. It's a way to transact, to pass value on. Before we use the barter system, you have one pig for three chickens, I don't know, but let's just trade these coins and bills for, for now. If Anyone wants to learn more, wants to contact you, wants to get involved with Millionaire University, where do they go? How do they find you? Yeah, you can go to millionaireuniversity.com. You can go to millionaireuniversity.com slash training if you want to get our free business course. 
And then you can always reach out to me personally, justin at millionaireuniversity.com for anything, whatever you need. Hit me up if you have any questions or whatever it might be. Well, I will let you get back to Bali and enjoying that. That reminds me, I got to get you in touch with my friend who just bought a villa and is renovating it. I think there's three houses in this villa. Oh, awesome. I'd love to hear about that. That'd be super cool. I've really enjoyed this conversation and I've gotten a lot out of it myself. I know the audience has too, and I'm excited. Thank you for joining me on Point of Impact. Aaron, thank you for having me. I've had the chance to listen to a lot of your stuff and seeing what you've done. And thank you for your sacrifice for our country. And you're just an amazing person. And it's really, truly been my honor to be on today. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you. And by the way, that was such a small world. Again, the whole bell is in seven-figure flipping. It comes full circle. Thanks one more time. And take care. Alrighty, well, I hope you guys enjoyed that discussion as much as we did. Aaron's a total stud, and I can't wait to have him on the Millionaire University podcast at another time. To learn more about Aaron and everything he is up to and what he has going on, you can look at Point of Impact Podcast wherever you listen to your podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Keep taking action one step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Do that. Yes, do that. <laughs> I know a lot of times in business we make it out to be this big mysterious thing, but the truth is you just gotta have a vision of what you want for yourself in your life and then follow what you're pulled towards the most or the path of least resistance. What is the thing that you can do right now to start making money? Go start doing that thing. And just keep it simple. How can you sell a product or service? And then you figure out how to create systems and processes around it, how to make it better. That's really all it is. Right? Right. All right, guys, we are going to continue our trip today. You'll continue your trip wherever you are, whatever adventure you are in your life. Make it awesome because the cute it is or not, right? Just like me realizing my kids are always wonderful when they harass me. But it's good. It's all good. (laughs) (laughs) See how much more I get harassed today. I'm just going to turn it around, though. I'm going to have the right perspective on it and be like... It just depends. If you harass them, they'll harass you back. Don't ever harass them. It's only them. All right, you guys are awesome. Keep it up. We believe in you, believe in yourself, and we will talk to you next time on the Millionaire University Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Mid yawn. <laughs> Class. Dismissed. Hey, Eric Fisher here, and if you love the conversations and lessons happening on this show, and you've heard my voice before, you'll love my show, Beyond the To-Do List. It's a podcast about productivity and getting things done in all the areas where we wear multiple hats and roles, but also about the true meaning of productivity, living a more meaningful life. Look, you've got a never-ending to-do list, but add this podcast to your to-do list and it will help you tackle the rest. Go right now, wherever you're listening to this, and search Beyond the To-Do List and hit follow or subscribe. Start listening and get that boost for your productivity that you've been needing. Again, that's beyond the to-do list. Search in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this podcast.